Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. For all the world, gymnastics coach Yin Alvarez is standing on the sidelines, dancing and whooping like a game show jackpot winner. The trajectory of his 20-year journey is staggering. From a swim for freedom across the cold Rio Grande on a January night, to the men's all-around Olympic gymnastics competition in London. In 1992, Yin Alvarez fled from Cuba and during a visit to Mexico, swam the Rio Grande with his clothes in a bag on his back. No matter what I carry across, it is better than anything I leave at home, he says. It is not about economics. It is about freedom. In America, maybe I am the most poor man in the world, but I can express I am the most poor man. That is already winning. This is like a bonus. Everything is a bonus. His stepson, Daniel Leva, the child he coached, has come from behind after trouble on the pommel horse in his second routine. Do you know baseball, Yin Alvarez asks an interviewer. My team is in the ninth inning. The other team has 11 runs, and we have zero. There are two out, two strikes, and no balls, and the guy batting is the pitcher, so he is hitting zero. So everybody starts walking out of the stadium, and I say, no, we're going to tie this game. That's what I'm thinking. In the final event, Dan Aleva rallies. He is spectacular on the high bars. My heart, says Yin Alvarez, his hand pounding his chest. I am clapping a lot. And then his stepson is standing on the podium, a bronze medal in hand. That's my baby, he hollers. And what are we feeling? That's awe. The so-called big six emotions are anger, disgust, fear, sadness, happiness, and surprise. Dr. Keltner, a psychology professor at Berkeley, studies the more nuanced emotions. Compassion, forgiveness, humility, and awe, especially awe. And he concludes that they are what wire us for good, inspiring us beyond self-interest and refining our sense of purpose. Dr. Keltner conducted an experiment 
in which his subjects were asked to complete 20 sentences, each beginning with the words, I am. He was interested in how people see themselves. One group did the assignment while facing a life-size replica of a Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton in the life sciences building on campus. And the other group did the exercise while facing a hallway. Here's the data. People in the presence of the giant T-Rex were three times more likely to describe themselves as something much larger. I am a part of the human species versus I am a member of Tri Delta Sorority. Dr. Keltner concludes that awe shifts our thinking toward the collective. Happily, I have never met any of the small number of people who look out over the Grand Canyon and dismiss it as a big ditch. But I was apprehensive when Kem and I arrived with a group of high school boys in tow. As a rule, it's cool to be cynical. To be awestruck is too, too cool for school. So Kem had them line up, single file, close their eyes, each put a hand on the shoulder of the guy in front of them, and she led them, a little train, blind boys of Alabama style, to the edge of the abyss, the mile deep they'd be backpacking into in the pre-dawn darkness the next morning. And then she commanded, open. There was an audible, sharp intake of breath, and then they let out a collective, Whoa! Oh my God! And tears came to my eyes, and my heart thumped happily. This moment set the tone for the entire four-day trip. One boy opted to make the entire climb out nine miles straight up in silence. Later, another, when asked to name the most formative experience of his high school career, said simply, the Grand Canyon. Awe lies deep at the intersection of joy, fear, and mystery. To experience it is potentially to tap into a deep reserve of meaning and purpose. Researcher Jonathan Haidt, a psychology professor at UVA, says that awe can also be prompted by witnessing acts of great generosity or humanity. This moral elevation, he says, appears to trigger the release of the bonding hormone oxytocin. In these cases, awe sends the signal to move closer. That clears the way for altruism acts of kindness and generosity. Move closer. Clear the way for acts of kindness and generosity. In 1992, the former Yugoslavia erupted in ethnic strife and Sarajevo was transformed into Europe's capital of hell.
At 10 o'clock on the morning of May 27th, a long queue waited patiently in front of the last open bakery in the city when a mortar shell exploded, instantly killing 22 people. 37-year-old Vedran Smelvik, principal cellist of the Sarajevo Opera, looked out on the carnage and knew he had had enough. He felt powerless and outraged and afraid and unwilling to stand idly by. The next day, cello in hand, he walked into the middle of the street where the massacre had occurred, dressed formally as for a concert. He took a seat on a battered camp stool set in the crater made by the shell and began to play. All around him, bullets flew, more mortar shells exploded. He was undeterred. For 22 days, one for each of the people killed, Vedran Smelovic played in the same spot. He played to ruined homes and businesses, smoldering fires, terrified people hiding in basements. He played for human dignity the first casualty of war. He played for life, for peace, and for the possibility of hope. Through December of 1993, in bomb sites and graveyards, he continued to offer his daily musical prayer for peace. In response to a journalist's incredulous questions, Vedran Smelovic responded, you ask me, am I crazy for playing the cello? Why do you not ask me if they are not crazy for shelling Sarajevo? English composer David Wilde was so moved by the story, he poured his feelings of outrage, love, and brotherhood with Vedran Smelovic into a composition for unaccompanied cello called simply the cellist of Sarajevo. In 1994, at the International Cello Festival in Manchester, England, Yo-Yo Ma played the piece. Pianist Paul Sullivan describes it. Quietly, almost imperceptibly, the music began stealing out into the hushed hall and creating a shadowy, empty universe, ominous, with the presence of death haunting in its echoes. Slowly it built, growing relentlessly into an agonized, screaming, slashing furor, gripping us all before subsiding at last into a hollow death rattle and finally back to the silence from which it had begun. Journalist Swati Chopra writes, when he had finished, Yo-Yo Ma remained bent over his cello, his bow resting on the strings. No one in the silent hall moved. No one moved for a long, long time. It was as though they said we had just witnessed the horror ourselves. And finally, still in the stillness, Yo-Yo Ma straightened in his chair, 
looked out across the audience and stretched out his hand. All eyes followed as he beckoned someone to come to the stage and something indescribable swept over us as we realized who it was, Vidran Smelovic. Then everyone leapt to their feet in a chaotic, emotional frenzy, clapping, weeping, shouting, embracing, and cheering. It was a deafening, overwhelming tidal wave of emotion. And in the center of it all stood these two men hugging, both crying freely. Yo-Yo Ma, suave, elegant, flawless in appearance and performance. And Vedran Smelovic, who had just escaped from Sarajevo, dressed in a stained and tattered, fringed leather motorcycle suit, his long, wild hair and huge mustache framing a face that looked old beyond his years, creased with pain and soaked with so many tears. Here is the intersection between science and spirituality. Both agree that it bears rich fruit to cultivate more awe in our lives. Scientists say, quote, channeling awe produces pleasant physiological effects such as the warm feeling in the chest activated by the vagus nerve and gives us a sense of fulfillment. Experiencing awe can help us reflect on how an upsetting event fits into our philosophy of life or how our personal experience unites us with humanity." Close quote. Speaking for the religion team, I say that channeling awe makes us right-sized putting both our trials and our triumphs into a larger context. It opens us to one another, draws us together, and uplifts us to a vision of the world we dream. Beloved spiritual companions, heads up. We are in very good company. Let's look around and listen and remember that everything, everything can change when we engage our capacity for awe. From a cold swim across the Rio Grande to the Olympic Stadium, from the brink of the Grand Canyon to a bomb crater in Sarajevo, when we place ourselves in a larger context, we are wired for good, inspired to move closer, to open our hearts, our minds, and our hands to one another and to the world. Oh, come, you longing, thirsty souls, says the prophet Isaiah. Come, drink freely from the spring. Come here, you weary and famished, and end your hungering. The world of spirit serves as seed within our loam that we may bear a rich harvest. Everywhere a feast is spread out before us 
and for us. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Let us go now together into this new year before us, new, untouched, full of things that have never been. Go together on this road that we are building as we walk on it, this awesome road of love and service, justice and peace. Amen. <laughs>